Hello, and welcome back to Crescent Moon Kids podcast, where we share all kinds of parenting tips and practices, techniques for raising children in emotionally, socially, and physically healthy ways. Um, so I am recording this episode at my school, so you may hear some sounds of a school, children's voices, or toilets flushing, or things like that. Um, so as kids all over the world basically have headed back to school, um, I wanted to focus this episode on things to think about as children do transition to a new routine, possibly to a new school, a new way of learning, and also ways to guide you as parents and caregivers in this process. So the first issue or, or um, thing that I would like to talk about is bedtime. And now I started the idea of this episode back when school was a distant memory back in the summer. And I know that school has already started for most kids. Um, so this is food for thought or possibly an idea to try next year um, in the summer. So I'd like to recommend to parents that you start moving bedtime up gradually, several weeks before the start of school. So what that looks like when it's possible, possibly next year, is let's say three weeks before the first day of school, you move their bedtime up a half an hour. So if, if your summer bedtime is 9.30, you move it up to nine o'clock for a week. And then the next week you move it up another half hour to 8.30. And then finally the third week, right before school starts, you get serious and move it up to eight o'clock or earlier, whatever the bedtime normally is. And depending on what you do establish, as your kid's bedtime based on their age and their need for sleep, you might have to keep adjusting this time. But the idea is that, of course, in the summer, it's often a time for a lax bedtime schedule, especially if you're traveling. But to help establish a familiar routine for the school year, try the best you can to gradually create a solid schedule, something that will really benefit your child. And remember, most kids need between nine and 11 hours of sleep every night. So just keep that in mind. If you um, keep the schedule um, throughout the, this, the school week, it's also helpful to keep it on the weekends as well. So whatever it is during the week, keep that established for the weekend, especially until you really get into the school year. And the main thing is that you need to base your bedtime routine on the sleep needs of your child, as as um, is obvious. So. Um, because when they return to school, they're going to be expending a lot of energy, physical energy, mental energy, and they are using a lot more brain power, probably more so than during the summer. These times and ideas are simply a general guide, obviously, for helping with the, that big transition from the summer vibes to a more serious school schedule. So the second um, kind of issue or, or um, concept I'd like to maybe just talk a little bit about is what I call gleaning information from your child. Um, I was thinking about one of the big challenges parents have as it relates to their child. And this is something that I hear a lot from parents as I meet with them. Um, you have a need to question your child about their school day. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts and I, I did wanna just review it here. 
because I think it's important to keep practicing ways that you can communicate effectively with your kids. So when you pick up your kids or when you see them in the evening, you may feel inclined to ask them something like, how was your day? Or what did you do today? Or what did you learn? Or did you learn anything? Things like that. So these questions are usually off-putting for many kids, and especially for kids who are less likely to talk or be willing to share. Children can't often think of something specific to say because the question is broad, it's general. And some kids generally can't remember what they did. Those who are overtly social are gonna be really interested in talking about the social aspect of school, which is okay too, but if you're interested in what they learned, there are possibly some different ways, some tools you could use. So for those who children whose school day starts early, just keep in mind it's been a long time from the beginning of the school day until they are talking to you possibly late evening uh, or late afternoon or evening. And sometimes they are just finished with talking about their day and they don't want to talk at all. So in that case, just try to respect their boundaries and let it go and then possibly some information will come out at some point. I recommend that you start the process by talking about the experiences and conversations and work that you had that day. So be the role model, set the example and try to give them ideas for ways to start conversations or talk about things that interest them. And then as you take the lead and talk about the things that you did or people you talked to or work that you did, chances are they'll wanna share something as well. So what I recommend if you do choose to ask your child questions is something like this. You could ask, did your teacher greet you when you arrived at school? Or who did you talk to when you first got there? Did you sit by anyone new at lunch? How do you prepare to leave for the day? What kinds of things do you do to get ready to leave school? What was the one thing that stands out most from your time at school? How many times do you think you smiled at someone today? Did anything funny happen? Did you work with anyone? Did you play with someone at recess? Do you remember the names of the people you played with? Did you make any new friends? Do you remember your teacher's name or your new friend's names? So those are just a few ideas of more specific kinds of questions. And once you know a little bit about the teacher or the teachers that your child has and the subject matter, you could ask things like, what kind of feelings did you have when you were in, let's say, Mrs. Smith's class? Or did you study about frogs today? And of course, this would be based on information that you've already received from your child's teacher. And so you kind of might have a little heads up and then they, that could prompt them. Or you could ask, what was your fav favorite subject of all the things that you learned today? Did you learn something that you've never heard before? Something brand new. So those are also just some, some ways to kind of hone in on more specifics. So this, this um, way of questioning or kind of, of dialogue is, is a way to take the pressure off of your child. Um, icebreakers of sorts to start conversations and to jog their memory or to prompt a story, basically. And specific questions that might guide them to think about their day in a, a new way. Now, ultimately, this might not work and you may get nothing and you may feel frustrated, you might feel left out, you might feel worried, uh, you might want to take it personal, 
but your child may be trying to create a new boundary for himself or herself and and that's okay what's most important is that you do respect her need for privacy and allow her the time to process those thoughts and emotions and new experiences trust is definitely a liability that you'll want to embrace if you can get comfortable with the not knowing and believe in your child's process, then eventually he will share and give you something tangible. The other thing is that if you're getting absolutely nothing at all, and after several days your child seems maybe distant or aloof or upset, it's a good idea to call or email the teacher, however you communicate, and establish some rapport and try to find out any relevant details. And if there doesn't seem to be anything glaring, on the teacher's end in the school setting then it's up to you to watch and wait and be patient you know your child best and you'll decide if there's a need for intervention or you just need to back off and give her some space one mom i recently heard about used a little trick to get her kids to sit and talk so she would make cookie dough during the day and then she'd keep it in the refrigerator and then as they got home they knew that they would be getting some cookies and the mom would deliberately wait and bake those cookies while the children were sitting in the kitchen. So there would be at least about 10 minutes together. She would put the cookies in the oven and while they were waiting for them to bake, she and the kids would be talking. And she said, it was amazing. It worked like a charm. So while the cookies were baking, the kids opened up and shared. And so if cookies are not your thing or you don't want them to have that extra sugar, think of something else that your child could anticipate. Maybe you could prepare together, maybe prepare dinner. While you're doing the, the dinner prep, you could start talking about the day. Another little trick is to start conversations in the car. A lot, time, you know, a lot of times difficult conversations can be more comfortable while there's the distraction of the driving and the car ride. Another time is also bedtime. That's usually a really great time to sort of get some, some little information. Um, usually kids do want to share at that time. In that case, you'll need to start your bedtime routine sooner so that it will, will allow for that time to talk. And every family is gonna have different needs and I know it's possible to find ways to share your day and get that vital information that you are so craving and that you want. So another little concept I was thinking about was respecting their learning space. So I had a conversation with a preschool toddler teacher about the classroom environment and how important it is for children to claim their space, for them to feel comfortable in their environment and to know it's the space where they go when their parents are working or at home. And as a parent, you can also support this notion that your child's learning environment is somewhat of a kind of a quote sacred space and very important to them. Now most schools do invite parents in for an open house or other ways to connect with the school but when we think about the actual school day and the day-to-day -day experiences for the children it's important for that to really be separate from their parents and for the parents to recognize it as their children's space. Kids of all ages need connection obviously with their parents while at the same time clearly defining their own learning environment and making it personal for them. Now, of course, if you're homeschooling, this would look different. Uh, one of my close friends who homeschooled her kids created a little schoolroom in their house to define the learning environment. And then she also later used another little house that was their business office. And so it doubled as a schoolhouse. 
So there are lots of ways to get creative when you're schooling your kids and even parents who are quote unschooling or doing nature-based learning style will need to think about the child's learning and how to help create time and a lovely space that will be just for their kids. So finally, uh, I wanted to talk about regular communication. So when you think about your kids going back to school, parents are focused on clothes, the backpack, the lunchbox, the pencils, notebooks, you know, getting notes, paying fees, getting all the paperwork done. And these are obviously important aspects of the process of enrollment and, and this, the start of the school year. However, the most important factor after your child is clothed and fed and, and um, has the appropriate supplies is her emotional and social well-being. And so with so much stress and details that need to be attended to, it can be easy to overlook the child's mental and emotional process at the beginning of a new school year. I think one of the most important things is spending some time in conversation both before school starts and throughout the year every day. So if your child is returning to the same school, you can engage in dialogue about the things you know from the last school year. You can ask about things she remembers from the previous year, talk about her expectations and her worries, her fears possibly, what she remembers or understands and what she doesn't understand. Sometimes a child can be confused or misunderstand something that's very clear to us adults. It's important to spend time, again, daily, maybe at dinner time or maybe at bedtime, engaging in conversations about all these things that might be going on in your child's head. Now, if she's going to a new school, you could talk about how that might feel too and how she can find ways to cope and, and learn how to adapt. Um, and also make sure you share the school calendar with your child so they have information about what to expect and what's coming up during the school year. And once the school year is up and running, then keep a predictable routine. Obviously, like I said before, keep their bedtime solid. Meal times should be together when possible and hopefully around the same time because that is really a special time of sharing. And it's, it's one of the most critical pieces to establish a healthy lifestyle and a family connection is having those routines and, and those rituals, if you will. And the number one need most kids have is time, time with their parents. And young children need more time. Adolescents obviously need less time, but they still do need time. And all kids want quality time, uninterrupted time, fully engaged time. So try to really think about that as you really focus on the ways you're communicating. Are you really just engaging eye, eye contact with them or do you have your phone in your hand? Are you really focused on what they're saying? Are you thinking in your mind something about your work day? And just really be paying attention and be mindful about how you're engaging with them. And try to minimize the extra activities that they do that you schedule for them. I mean, we do want our kids to experience a lot of different things and learn new skills. And sometimes we forget they still need downtime outside of the school day. So we have to be really cautious and, and somewhat conservative when we plan their extracurricular activities. So your child may think they want to do all the activities that their friends are doing and they may want to try new things, but the reality is a lot of kids are overbooked and they still need to have some free time. So we want them to be able to have fun learning and participate 
in activities with their friends. But if it means they're exhausted by, let's say, Wednesday of the work or the school evening or the school week, then they still have more activities scheduled for the, the rest of that week. They're probably doing too much. So one rule of thumb I like to follow is for young children to simply do one activity per season. So maybe you just do soccer in the fall, gymnastics in the winter and in the spring, and then swimming in the summer something like that. So as they get older, they can potentially do more than one after-school activity, but I would caution to keep a close eye on their wellness and their behavior, and their, especially their sleep patterns. If it's hard to wake up in the morning, they might be overscheduled. If they become irritable and grumpy, they may be tired. The burden of responsibility lies with you because most likely they won't want to limit their activities, especially if their friends are involved in those same activities. And it's okay to tell them that they have to pick something else, just one thing to try. Then the next season they can try something different. So most kids will find their groove and feel an infinity towards certain activities and decide to dismiss others that are less fun or that they're less competent with. But again, it's our job as the adults to set limits and monitor for fatigue. Other things that you could do at home to kind of guide your kids and help really create a, a healthy lifestyle is limit screen time and limit sugar intake and again ensure they're getting enough sleep eating breakfast incorporating a lot of gross motor play at home so really getting them involved in in things at home that are active and also the uh, the um, flip side of that is downtime giving them a lot of time just to be and not have anything scheduled and be in nature as much as possible and really spend as much quality family time as you can. And the other thing for young children is to really foster independence. So helping them get involved in cooking, um, dressing themselves, eating by themselves, or you know, for themselves, not actually by themselves, but eating with them and encouraging them to do all of the opening of containers and things like that. And make sure that your kids know how to pack their lunch, how to um, you know, get ready for their school day, and give them some responsibilities at home with the house care, um, things that they have to, they, they have to be done in the home that they can be responsible for. And again, read, 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 read to your kids every day, play games, um, encourage peaceful and, and, and independent conflict resolution if, if, if you have more than one child with the siblings. Um, do some things culturally that help expand their um, repertoire. And then finally, relax. New beginnings can be upending and stressful. A new school year can bring all kinds of perceived upheaval and change. But you can approach it with your kids as just another step along the path we call life. So take it in stride, address any worries your kids may have, and offer feedback if they come to you with a problem. As best you can, try to find ways to alleviate stress in your own life so you can model that stress-free living for your kids. If you show them ways that you cope with challenges, then they're going to be better equipped to handle different types of situations as they get older. Uh, and then you're going to be more present with your kids if you are really focused on dealing with your own stress and de-stressing basically you'll be able to really enjoy their presence and their ideas and their humor and their spontaneity and remember to laugh and have fun play games get out 
play cards, you know, get outside, play charades, go for walks or ice cream, take bike rides, visit a nature preserve or a park, and really limit the amount of screen time. I can't, I can't say that enough because I think we, that is something that we all have to really be mindful of is to be aware of the, the time we're spending in front of a screen and how, what it's doing to our minds and our bodies. And they need real experiences and connections. So you can all have a great school year. And um, as always, thanks so much for listening. And until next time.